When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Monday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. You just see Elijah Herbal. Now I'm here as uh, we're getting things ready to rock and roll record for a Thursday edition. Numbers to get in. Join us here on Hale Varsity. It's 466-3776-466-3776-800-825. 5865. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And uh, as always, be sure to find the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter handle at HVarsity Radio and uh, follow along with Hale Varsity. Uh, easy to do so. Plenty to get into. Plenty from Mark Whipple. Thoughts from Turner Corcoran and Coach Riola to uh, to mention. It's been a busy day, been a, a bit of a pinata day for Nebraska, according to, to one journalist based out of New York that is a Irish correspondent. We'll get there. Deshaun Watson, <clears throat> awful, horrible uh, press conference with him. And his uh, general manager, that's uh, no good. Good news for Frank Solich. And also on that front, uh, we will tell you about the Big Ten payday, which is uh, so nice. So uh, let's dive into it. First and first things first, uh, Elijah, uh, we uh, don't have really much clarity when it comes to, to where things are at from, from Nebraska's Starting five, starting quarterbacks, that's that's okay. You don't want to tip your poker hand to your opponent. But the, the thing we can kind of walk away with from today's post-practice is just that the things are better. You seem and feel a little bit calmer on offense. I think when I'm told camp has been good, the guys have worked hard, I can believe it and not just keep pouring Kool-Aid. I mean, I think that's that's my feel. I, I believe, and it's been said in previous years, but I can believe that uh, when I'm looked in the eye and told that it's it's been a good camp, there's a lot of football coaches that are new that have seen good camps before, and they feel like, yeah, it can always be better, but it's not. they're not in panic mode before they pack up and head across the pond. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just been, I think – a case of the the coaches playing their cards, most of them close to their chest. Uh, they don't want to give any scoops to Northwestern. So while they may say one thing, uh, I, I think there's a true feeling within a team of another, especially when I look at the starting lineup. I don't think these coaches have any panic, um, but these coaches also aren't going to get up here and say, like, 
man, we're really worried about this offense line headed over to Northwestern. It looks terrible, and they're not making the strides that we'd like. They're not going to say that. We're just going to play with four. <laughs> like, they're not going to give you anything. We're going to have a triple tight end set to protect that right and left side on third and eight. Just a one-man pass route. Got to have time to throw the football. <laughs> like They're, they're going to play those cards close to their chest. So if there is any panic within the coaching staff, they're not going to let you know. They are bluffing well, my friends. I mean, if they have... Uh, a starting five set out for the offense line, they're not going to let you know. If they have the starting running back in mind, they're not going to let you know. So if you're a, a loyal listener of Hale Varsity Radio, I do believe we have a, a pretty much a, a starting five pretty close to set in stone for the offensive line. I'm, I think we, we have a starting running back in place. I think we have a starting quarterback. If you just go and listen to what those coaches had to say to the media, you would think all those things are still up in the air. Here's the thing. We're into game prep now. The, the, the practices that that they're conducting down at the stadium, they are focusing in on what the starters, yes, the starters, are going to be doing against Northwestern. So all the coaches might say, you know what, there's still three guys that are competing there. We're not quite sure. That's that's ridiculous. If you're a week and two days away from opening kickoff against Northwestern and you don't know who your starting running back is, you are so far behind the eight ball, it's not even funny. Like no, you, you, you got to have specific game plans in mind for who your starters are going to be. And if you don't know at this point, uh, it's a big, big warning sign for Nebraska. And I think that's just what they're giving to the media. Here's what you like. You, you like what you see, and here's what you hope for going into fall camp after spring. Here's the to-do list. Work on it. Get better. All right, let's have a scrimmage to either change our mind or make up our mind. Let's have a second scrimmage to solidify that we were right. Mm-hmm. But the thing I like about Coach Whipple, we'll hear from him in a minute, is I love the, the fact that he just talks to his guys. Hey, what do you like running? What's your favorite run play, freshman? Oh, you like the inside zone, do you? Well, if you're going in the game, guess what we're going to call for you? We're going to call your favorite run play so you get a little confidence. You know what you're doing. Hey, Casey, what's your favorite pass play on third and eight? Chubba, what do you like doing on third and six? Uh, Smothers, what are you good at, brother? I mean, you know, and, and Barnett's talked about it. We'll talk to Coach Barnett in an hour. And you, you, you take a survey. Hey, what do you like doing? Here's what I think you're good at. What do you think you're good at? Let's find some common ground and pick about six, uh, five, six, seven pet plays that it doesn't matter if they know what's coming. They can't stop it. And, and it's so simple, but you have that communication. You have that experience and you've got years of it going on from head coach to quarterback tutor to, to offensive coordinator to, to now uh, Nebraska offensive coordinator. So you've, you've, got, you've got some comfort. You, when's the last time you felt Nebraska's offense look comfortable? It was against who they're going to face over an island. It, was, it, it looked comfortable against Northwestern because everything they did worked and worked on a, on a big play scale. And for the most part, Nebraska, Nebraska's been the anti-comfort inside the red zone a lot of times, a lot of times. Opening drive, the first 15 to 20 plays that have been scripted, uh, Nebraska, Ohio State COVID year, Nebraska looked killer. They looked great. Mm-hmm. And then they drive the ball again, and what it would happen, turnover, turnover midfield, turnover short field in a lot of instances. So... Uh, Mark Whipple was asked to uh, get things kicked off with his media session. Where are things at? Hey, you, you, you want to tell us who the starter is at quarterback? 
That's a head, head coach's decision. Has it been me? I don't know. I, you got to ask him. You know? <laughs> yeah, uh, but I don't know. Really good. Uh, through. Been, been, they've all gotten better from top to bottom. And, and they're, they're really an approach. We got a really good room. Fun to be around. We have some laughs. And you take it serious in that way. And so, so you know, um, I feel good about it. If all the top three guys could play, they've worked with the ones. Um, throughout camp, and uh, you know we could be more than functional as an offense. So that was Mark Whipple, and uh, letting us know where things are at. And no, I'm not telling you who the starting quarterback is. That's Frosty's call. This was good to hear from Whipple. Uh, the the leadership. Last time he talked a week ago, he was all sorts of. He wasn't irate, but he wasn't happy. And did it get better from last week to this week with the vocal leadership? How, how has that come along? How's the offense come along in the past week? Are things better? Do you feel better about making the roadie? Man, that was the worst day we had when I last talked to you. So uh, I guess that's a good thing. If that was the worst day, it was still a little bit better on tape than we thought. So, you know, our guys have done a good job taking care of the ball. Um, we've really harped on that. Uh, in the fundamentals and just in, in a run game and things that way. And um, today we added a bunch of new stuff. Like yesterday for red zone, high red zone, we wanted to get it in a little ahead of time. So uh, there was a few things there <clears throat> that we'll clean up, you know, and then we'll have another session of red zone when we're in Ireland. But uh, overall, they, they, these guys have worked hard. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of told them a story today. There's a little bit of a lull in the practice, and they started to, like, uh, kind of get on one another, just say, come on, come on, you know, and I just said, look, you guys have worked hard. It's been a really good camp. They fought, and I said, it reminded me when I was had to call the plays in at the Super Bowl, and, and I thought right before that, that, that if I screw this play up, I won't be able to go back to Pittsburgh because they'll murder me. So those guys can't. It's important to them, but they got to relax. There's that fine line of just, hey, you've done well. We're going to make some mistakes. How are you going to handle adversity? So just a little reminder there that they can't get up tight and get on one another. It's important to them, and uh, they're fun to be around, and and it's been a really good camp. All the offensive coaches have done a great job with these guys. So that uh, a couple of things from Mark Whipple. We'll we'll get back there to Whipple. We'll hear from Turner Corcoran. We'll hear from Coach Raiola. Want to switch though and spend a little bit here of on Dave Hannigan, and he he uh, unleashed the fury uh, on on Nebraska here, and his. Headline here, Irish fans set for the full college football experience as notorious Nebraska. The Cornhuskers come to town. Nebraska's ruthless college football institution have a reputation in the U.S. of often doing the wrong thing when it matters most. And listen, this is an opinion piece. This is also a hit piece. Mm. Listen, you have a chance to... You can tell the full story. Nebraska has not been perfect in their history. Absolutely not. But he goes through and highlights really damning stuff over the last 25 years. All right? 
Oh, and, and he goes and picks bits and pieces from those those damning stories of parts the of the story. Parts of the story, conveniently leaving out some facts in order to shape his narrative. Well, uh, starting things off was uh, was the, the fact that you know we're going to paint Scott as this win at all costs coach in playing Maurice Washington in the opener in 2019 against South Alabama. Now, you pull some guys on the team. You pull a lot of guys in the media. I mean, you, 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 you spent a lot of time on Mo, and it, and it burned you. And he, and he burned the team, quite honestly, with, with his decision-making and lack of want to, to, to run up the middle. They force-fed the kid against Minnesota. He tried to bounce it outside every time with an O-line making holes. That's the football part. But from a morale standpoint, you're trying to, to start a team off and have a certain culture in the locker room, and then there's your stud recruit, Mo that keeps screwing up. And, and I get wanting to, to give the kid a better life and keep him in school. Totally get the Father Flanagan take on things. Absolutely. But you're still playing him. And you're still playing him because of what he could do in Boulder, right? Swing pass that got completed actually for 75 yards and boom, it's a score. Phenomenal athlete. Mm-hmm. High-level recruiting battle. But it was Arizona State and Nebraska that are trying to rise from the ashes. That were, Those are the two that kept after him. The, whole, the rest of the college football world ran the hell away from Maurice Washington. So you start off this, this story uh, about the, the revenge porn with, with, with Mo Washington. Uh, you, you, you talk about the rabid fan base, and then let's let's talk about Lawrence Phillips, right? And listen, you, you can never condone uh, what Lawrence Phillips did, and Lawrence Phillips did a, a lot of stuff off the field that was horrible, totally horrible. There's people that I know that were that, that Lawrence Phillips student taught for. He worked at schools with kids that were. Disadvantage. I mean, Lawrence had a lot of demons, man, and, and made some awful choices and did some wrong, wrong, wrong things, and he did time for him. But, you know, Lawrence also, uh, my tutor in math uh, when I was in high school, uh, worked, Lawrence was in her class, and she's like, the dude was the best of the kids I've ever seen. So there's, there's always two sides to this story. Now, again, not trying to paint Lawrence as this hero good dude but he's not all bad mm-hmm. if that makes sense and it just seemed weird that they would drag that event from 25 years ago into the story and try to paint scott frost as a, a, a part of it uh, in, in some sense that like scott frost had something to do with the bad decisions that lauren Phil- lawrence phillips was making like that that that's on scott frost somehow that that's what the story would have you believe if you read it i mean if you're an irish person who has no idea about the Nebraska program, and you read that, you would think, oh, man, Scott Frost was a big player here in all this Lawrence Phillips drama. But it's not that. It's not the case. There's, uh, they go in on, on Ron Brown pretty hard and heavy mm-hmm. for some comments Ron, Bra- Ron Brown made. Uh, specifically, uh, they pretty much called him homophobic, mm-hmm. which personal views that have never impacted his uh, ability to coach the game of football, or at least uh, – I'm thinking that I can think of. I'm thinking treatment of players. Yeah, I think he's treated kids pretty high level over four different decades. We're we're Ron Brown fans, but I mean, you, you picked and choose, and and guess what? We're talking about it. It's clicked. You have an irate fan base, but based on this guy's readership, what's Nebraska walking into? 
walking into a road game? Well, technically, yeah, it's Northwestern's playground. But is is this going to be Rocky going into to Russia and then Rocky Four? I'm I'm quite honestly kind of asking the question: Is everybody in Ireland going to be wearing purple and black? Because this guy's article, don't know. There's going to be a few Nebraska fans over there, but um, not the full story about mm-hmm. Nebraska football. There could have been, you know, a mention of Team Jack for sure with uh, with what Nebraska's done. There, there so. could have been a mention of Tom Osborne as the father of this program, really, and his work with uh, the teammates program. Nope. There, there could have been a mention of uh, the um, the the development that continues post-football with Nebraska and their their leadership down there. So, yeah, not the full story. We'll have more on the offense, thoughts on Whipple, the offensive line. Brandon Vogel joins us. Hail Varsity continues on a Thursday. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for 10 dollars off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. This segment is presented by Union Bank and Trust. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could listen to the radio on Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes, that's awesome. Back with you, Tail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Coming up here in an hour, we'll spend time with Jeremiah Searles. He's live at Vikings camp. Get his take on the O-line. And Gary Barnett with us, the Big Ten Big Payday. A billion, that's with a B. Brandon Vogel with us here in the stream yard at uh, Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter, where you find him. Uh, managing editor, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. Vogue's is uh, a billion and change. Good for you. Could you spend that appropriately? Yeah, I could do some things with that. I could probably <laughs> secure my future beyond a time where, uh, unfortunately, I'll have to give up doing this, talking about sports for a living. But, yeah, I think, I, I think I'd be able to make it work. It's a better situation than I'm in currently. Well, your football office does look glorious, um, and and you could you could do. And I'm, I've got nothing against paperbacks. Uh, Dream like a champion. I have it in paperback and hard copy. Your your book with John Cook, but you could do all hard leather bound. I mean, you could go the whole Ron Burgundy. Lots of leather in the uh, in the office. That I mean, that would be a that would be a significant chunk to to replace everything I have, um, because you know some of these things aren't available in those in such a, uh, a a fancy a fancy binding. So I'd have to do that custom, but I'm into it. Like if I, if I had a billion dollars, I probably would. Well, okay, this does what for Nebraska? This does what for? coaches in the big 10 you tell me the the pro and the con if there is such a thing as a con of a billion dollars yeah i mean 
college football is in a place, and I guess the good news is the pro for Nebraska is it's in the group along with the SEC where they're like, you'll you'll never have to worry about money. You're always going to be towards the top. You're always going to be able to outspend programs in in other conferences. So that's the good thing, you know, and the the interesting thing about this, and I'm not I'm not willing to say it's a bad thing at this point yet or not. It's just a really bold move is basically saying, hey, thanks, ESPN, but no, thanks. I mean, you think about I, I think about like and I watch as much college football on a Saturday as I can. Like it's probably unhealthy. And no such thing as unhealthy amount of, of college football you're watching, I promise. Yeah, yeah, and like ESPN dominates that. And it's dominated the playoff conversation to this point that might be changing thanks to, in part at least, what the, the Big Ten has chosen to do here. But it's just like ESPN is where you go for that. And, and the Big Ten has said in two years, basically – two seasons we're 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 good not being a part of that discussion so that's interesting it's it's a bold bet i don't know how it plays out yet at this point but we'll see uh it certainly came with the right price tag brandon vogel with us here hail varsity radio at brandon l vogel on twitter vogue's gonna turn our attention to nebraska and your takeaways with with coach whipple he wasn't gonna lay out the um, the starting starting 11, which is good. Uh, I think you get a cold one and whip. You let him take his shoes off. He'd tell us, here's the 20, and it's going to be awesome. Here's the script. But in all seriousness, are you able, just from a tone standpoint, to feel a little bit better? If the coaches are going to say, look, they, they practice hard, they've gotten better, Does that should that ease some tension heading over to Dublin? Yeah, um, I mean, the, the great thing with a, a coach like Whipple who has done this for as long as he has is I think you if you're like, hey, if I was just talking to this guy one-on-one, like would he tell me who, who their best quarterback is and who their best running back is? Yeah, he probably would. But you look at this game and the changes Nebraska made in the offseason and it, it it's I don't know how big of an advantage it is, but it's it's a little bit of an advantage for Nebraska. So not totally surprised that he he took that kind of track with 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 today's press conference. So might as well keep the cards up your sleeve that you have up your sleeve. And it's uh, I don't know. I don't know if anything today made me feel necessarily better about that because <laughs> I've always kind of assumed and it is, it is an assumption, but I think you hope with somebody like Whipple is like, well, what I say is going to be one thing, but like, just know that I've done this for 40 plus years. I've got it under control and I know where I'm going. I'm just choosing not to tell you right now. 
Brandon Vogel's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, and Brandon, I liked Whipple's comments today about wanting to run with the offense is comfortable with asking the guys questions like, uh, what do you like on third and one uh, for a run play? Uh, whenever it's second and nine, what kind of play do you like here? And uh, it, it really stuck out to me because whenever I see a woman down at the end of the bar, that's usually my go-to pickup line. What's, what's your favorite pass play on third and nine? And Wow. Uh, I just want to get your, your take. Well, it, viability is a pickup Time line. Out. Are you single? Yes. Okay. Well, that's, maybe that's why. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, third and nine, that's, that's, that's tough circumstances. Uh, uh, I mean, that's she, his nickname at the bar, too. I mean, you know. Well, I mean, if she, like, well, yeah, if it, she says it third and nine. I mean, it, I, I don't want to critique your, your approach <laughs> here, Elijah, but I might start with, like, third and three. Mm. And see, like, and then you might be truly getting to, like, what they actually like. They're like, third and nine. I've got to have something dialed up. You know, to, <laughs> it's got to work. The, to get this first down. <laughs> like, I'm asking as big as it can possibly get. But, um, no, in a, in a football context, I think uh, it's uh, Mark, if Mark Whipple is doing a good job, Nebraska will be in less third and nines than they were a year ago, and they and they, and they weren't that bad. They were they were about average in terms of third and third and long distance, as as far as I can remember. I haven't looked at the numbers recently, but that's that's kind of the thing with him uh, in, in terms of hiring an expensive or an experienced. Well, he's also kind of an expensive. expensive. Yeah, that's uh, fine. But, you hit it right. But experienced experienced offensive coordinator is. You hope you get a little bit from that kind of done everything notion of of his career, and I, I think Nebraska Nebraska will have that. There's not going to be a lot the the Huskers experience in a football game that Mark Whipple hasn't seen before. Brandon Vogel joining us here, Hale Varsity Radio. Our friends from Union Bank and Trust in studio. We'll have a chance to caught up with them. They've got uh, the, the Red Army, man, heading over to uh, to Dublin as well. That's really cool. Vogues, does this stadium now become, and I likened it to Rocky Four when Rocky went over to Russia, right? It was everyone cheering for Drago. Is this dude's article from the Irish Times flip <laughs> the script and make this a true road game for the Fighting Fitzgeralds? Uh, and and uh, in in favor of the fighting Fitzgeralds, I I, I don't think it helps. No, um, it doesn't so it's interesting you bring that up because my so I saw a tweet about it first, and and then it took me like ten or fifteen minutes to actually like get to the article and read it, and I was like, whoa, this this certainly goes hard. So if there are Irish Irish fans out there who are like i don't know i'm just going to this game i love american football i try to watch it as much as possible and i don't know who to root for uh the slant of that article definitely didn't make them more likely to to root for nebraska that said based (laughs) on the the last available sales figures we had and what we know of nebraska fans i think the huskers had a pretty sizable edge uh, in terms of fans from America who are, who are traveling over there for that game. So you'd have to eat into a lot of that to, to truly flip this to a, to a road game environment. But I like, I like probabilities. I like to be pretty measured. I read that article and I was like, yeah, 
this probably doesn't help Nebraska win. It, it may only decrease it by like fractions of a percentage point, but it wasn't one where I was like, oh, well, clearly, clearly the Huskers are going to go out here and win 56 to 7. It hasn't done anything to our friends in the desert. It's still 13. It's not jumped to 13 and a half. There's no hook. <laughs> the uh, 50 and a half over under is still got that hook involved, but there's no more grenade pins left after this article. And I know there's there's some some tough history with Nebraska, but there's also a lot of good stuff, i.e. the uh, continuing education and Mr. LeBlanc and, and the life skills, Team Jack. I mean, there's a ton of good things Nebraska's done in their time, not just some of the, oh, yeah, that happened, too, that was no good. Yeah, and that was that was kind of my response to to that column was like here where you can say like oh that didn't happen like there are things there where you can say well there's some additional context that that probably would have been useful but <laughs> you have somebody yeah. who's 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 writing for a you know literally and almost totally foreign audience here of like. Hey, Ireland, here's what's coming to your shores in less than a week. And I get it. Like you, you structure that and for the for the biggest impact. Do I think it was fair to Nebraska? Yeah, uh, I can't say it's unfair. Do I think it was like the worst possible parts of the Huskers resume? Sure. Mm. Brennan Vogels with us, Sale Varsity Radio. Yeah, Brennan, last thought here before we get you out, and we'll uh, again talk to you again on a Saturday morning edition of Hale Varsity Radio. We've got about 30 seconds left here. My question to you is, is there actually a quarterback battle? I mean, we, we talked about the, the Whipple playing his cards close to his chest and uh, saying it's Scott Frost's decision. Do you actually think it's Scott Frost's decision? Do you actually think there's a battle there? Uh, everything to this prior to today would lead me to believe they were they were pretty comfortable and pretty settled on Casey Thompson that said if you wanted to to spring the the big surprise card I guess maybe if Chubba Purdy had narrowed the gap enough there you go that route but I I expect and as I said on the I80 preview podcast this week which the new one just came out today Spotify iTunes Google Play yep I, I I expect um, Thompson to, to be the guy piloting this offense in, what, nine days from now? I also anticipate short side option first play of the game. Yeah, I mean, you know, Bill Callahan did that in the spring game to, to win some fans over. Uh, Whipple, I mean, that was an interesting piece of that today, too, where he said, whoever's going to be back there, we're going to ask them to run the ball. We'll see. We'll see how much. Brandon Vogel with us. Vogues, take care. Appreciate the time. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Hey, Storm Chasers fans. Your favorite baseball team is back at home August 23rd through the 28th when they take on the Rail Riders. It's a jam-packed series that includes a dollar beer night, Friday fireworks, a fun-filled Saturday with music by Lucas Minor, and craft specials on Nebraska Brewing Company. And how about Imaginary Friend Day on Sunday? Stevie, you hear that? No, Stevie, stop. This is my mic. Sorry, folks. Stevie gets excited sometimes. Hey, hold on to that excitement and channel it on August 28th at 2.05. Sound good? All right. Fans, get your tickets now before it's too late. We'll see you soon. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. 
Back with you, Tale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, our friends from Union Bank and Trust are in. Kurt Ron is. Is he going to jump on the mic or no? We were working on him. We're working on him. All right, we're on. Okay, uh, Kurt says hi. Uh, Brian and Aaron Ray are here, decked out in red. We're going to quickly do the uh, the old laptop uh, Blair Witch pan. There we go. And uh, go ahead and wave. There we have it. <laughs> did you like that, camera guy? I mean, you, you've done Husker Vision for 100 years. Did I, did I just absolutely fumble that at the one? Three out of ten. Three out of ten? <laughs> At least they were in frame. I'll give you that one. Well, we just need a bigger computer screen. <laughs> All right. How excited are we? We're pumped. Uh, we are so pumped. Uh, that's Aaron. Brian, do you have your corn cob bed packed? Did you have one of those? No, I got plenty of Husker ear packed. That, that's good. Because yeah. juniors, my, my kid's been wanting a corn head, and I'm just like, e- maybe. Uh, and Kurt, you feeling all right? I mean, this is huge. I'm, I love this. I'm missing out. I'm not going on the trip. But you'll be back here. We've got representatives. Cheering home. hard. Feel good cheering hard. Oh, yeah. It'll be loud in our backyard. Well, <laughs> let's talk a little bit here uh, about uh, Union Bank and Trust and just the uh, the, the support that, that has been there for, for so many Nebraskans over the years. And you guys are going to be showing that uh, crossing the pond. Uh, what made you say, hey, let's pack the suitcase and go? This is this is really once in a lifetime. I mean, there's been Tokyo like 30 years ago. There's been a lot of bowl trips, not recently, but that'll change. Nebraska fans hope. And this Ireland thing, finally, you know, COVID's behind us with the uh, what was supposed to be a year ago, and now you get back to it. And hey, it's going to be a tight ball game with Northwestern. Yeah, you know, I think we had so many uh, travel plans canceled that COVID year. We were sitting mm-hmm. around at Christmas time, and we were like, we should go to Ireland and. Uh, we booked it before we had a chance to change our mind. We got to make sure our t- kids were taken care of for the week, and uh, we got it booked. And so, no turning back. We're super excited. Well, Brian and, and Aaron, uh, let's let's talk a minute here about what 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 you're looking forward to. Aaron, start with you on the trip. Um, what's what's in the travel guide? So I'm a big Guinness fan. So I'm you're awesome. I'm really looking forward to the the Guinness tour. We've heard that the Jameson tour was better than the Guinness tour, but so we booked both. Um, but I'm really excited for just the culture, but um, and the experience for that. But pretty excited about the tasting some Guinness in Ireland. No, and and Jameson's uh, got a buddy. We will call him Coach Brett. That, well, <laughs> great nickname. It's Coach Brett, and he and he's he's. Uh, introduced me a little bit more to Jameson. Not that I've always been anti-Jameson. That's not the case, but he does lemonade in Jameson. That may be scoffed at by some, but it tastes pretty good during the summertime. So I'm jealous you get the Jameson. I may find my way there Sunday. I don't know <laughs> what I'm doing. My plan's to go, of course, do shows and and um, and then have fun and, and figure it out and make it back. We don't want to see uh, Locked Up Abroad, do we? Uh, National Geographic. <laughs> well, might get me a raise. <laughs> well, I just like yes. We're gonna we're gonna plant something in Schmidt's bag. I'm kidding, but uh, Brian, tell me a little bit here. Uh, your fandom with Nebraska and um, what uh, what got you into the Big Red? You know, I just uh, grew up going to the games. My grandpa's always had uh, season tickets up in North Stadium. Uh, been going since I was young, and uh, just just love it. Uh, trying to pass it on to my girls too and oh, that's uh, awesome it's just been a yeah Aaron and I she she went to the university so uh you know she's always been a fan too but uh it's maybe a little bit of a 
helped uh, bring us together a little bit, you know, too. So, that's great. Yeah. Well, and, and that, that's what it's been about for so many for so long is the family. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, Elijah grew up going, and same with me. My mom and dad, we had West Stadium tickets, my brother and I. That's what we all did. We were thankful to, to have them, and really a good run to see. And uh, it's, that's so much fun passing that down to, to family and kids. Yeah, it's my first game. It's actually when I was in college, but I've always been listening to the radio, you mm-hmm. know, g- growing up out kind of in the middle of nowhere in the country. And so it was really fun to go to a first game. And um, like I said, it's fun to pass it on to the girls, too. You, you mentioned uh, Jameson. You mentioned uh, Guinness. Some other stops you want to make? Yeah, so we're doing uh, Trinity College. Uh, we're going to check oh, cool. out the Book of Kells there. Um, planning on taking in Sunday Mass at St. Patrick's Cathedral and checking that place That's out, awesome. too. So, um, other than that, we're, I think we're just taking the local pub scene, you know, just explore a little bit and uh, taking Dublin. So. Well, are, are you in on the Irish breakfast? Is in, that the one with the pork and beans? Well, that's uh, you have you have bacon. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm thinking. Of, I'm thinking of the the skit pork and beans. Remember that? <laughs> and I've seen pictures, and it has pork and beans. At least what appears to be. I pork think and there beans. was a skit for In Living Color that had Jim Carrey screaming it for like a half hour. What, what, what movie was that where the Ben Stiller at prom and he, he zips it up? Yes. No. And, okay. Stop. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I get you. Not not pork and beans. Just just beans or pork and beans. Yeah. We. Uh, that's Elijah Herbal. Everybody. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we are talking Nebraska, Ireland, but the topic was Irish breakfast. And yes, you have beans, you have bacon. I think there's the the blood pudding, right? Mm-hmm. And what else? Cabbage, sausage. I, I know the full English has the uh, the the fried tomato on there. Is, yes, that, is that a part of Ireland? Grilled, grilled, grilled tomato. tomato yeah. yeah. Well, Google Irish breakfast for us real quick. Elijah, because I mean, we all have to try it, don't we? Absolutely. That and soda bread. Yeah. What? Is uh, it as simple as it sounds? I don't know, but it's bread, so... Bread's awesome. It is. It's, it's not good for some of us. <laughs> no, I mean, I just, I hammer bread, forgive me. Um, but, no, you have the Irish breakfast, you have uh, Jameson, you have Guinness, uh, what else? Oh, the, the, the the shepherd's pie? Yeah, or the stew. Like, the stew, like yeah. Irish stew is really good. Yeah. Um, and, I hear it's going to be even better over there, right? Yeah, and seafood. We're doing a seafood restaurant one night. Okay. Salmon, yeah, you're supposed to get salmon over there, and then I've never had um, oysters. Mm. I've never tried them. A little hot sauce on them. You're missing out, Schmidt. You're missing out. That's what I've been told, right? But where do I get them around here? You know, no, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Fresh from Nebraska. (laughs) Do we have the Irish breakfast? Oh yeah, we do. Uh, We got uh, one to two strips of Irish bacon. Sweet. Uh, You add in. Uh, sausages, eggs, scrambled or fried, baked you beans. You gotta go fried. Mm-hmm. Fried eggs. Baked beans, which just still seems wrong to me. Uh, mushrooms, uh, potato patties, black and white pudding, toast, and then butter, jam, and then uh, you got tomatoes as last, the last little option there. Done. Yeah, I'm gonna hammer one of those. Eat that all day. <laughs> yeah. I'll take a third round of Irish <laughs> breakfast. Uh, Aaron and Brian Ray with us, uh, Kurt, Ron with us here, Union Bank and Trust, and they. Uh, taking care of Nebraska for so many years uh, when it comes to banking and uh, helping out Husker fans. Also, uh, they are headed, uh, at least Aaron and Brian, are headed over to Ireland. We uh, are up against a, a quick timeout. We're going to get predictions from, from everybody in the room here. Not me. i got to make mine in a week. But I want to get what you, have, you guys have to say about it. And 
uh, a little bit more on this uh, road trip. But uh, Hale Varsity Radio continues. Uh, real quick heads up, we will spend time. Jeremiah Searles with his longtime Husker standout and uh, multiple-year NFL vet. He's up at Vikings camp. Still questions to ask about that offensive line. Uh, Searles will spend time on that. Former Northwestern coach and Colorado head coach Gary Barnett will join us. We'll get his game plan with, you know, what what he expects from uh, his old protege, right, Pat Fitzgerald. What's Fitzy got up his sleeve? What's he think of the billion-dollar payday for the Big Ten? What's it mean for coaches? And our friend from Chicago, VEASAN Sports Network's Danny Burke works for Brett Musburger. Uh, some thoughts on uh, this weekend and some NFL preseason. Hail Varsity continues presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Your child has brain cancer. Can you imagine hearing those words about your own child? Nearly 5,000 families each year hear this life-changing diagnosis and live daily with the fear it brings. When a child is diagnosed with brain cancer, their lives are forever changed. The treatments used to treat children are toxic and cause damage to their developing bodies that can affect them for the rest of their lives. 95% of children who survive brain cancer will develop a significant health condition by the age of 45 as a direct result of the toxic treatments. This includes diagnosis of another cancer later in life or other countless deadly health problems. Our kids are special, and we need to treat them that way. By making a donation to the Team Jack Foundation, you fund research that leads to safer, more effective treatments, giving kids hope. You can be the difference. You can fund the cure. Join us and donate today by visiting teamjackfoundation.org. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Hale Varsity Radio continues on a Thursday. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, our friends from Union Bank and Trust. We're planning this Ireland trip as Aaron and Brian Ray are going to Ireland. Kurt Ron. Also from Union Bank and Trust in studio, we've laid out some of the tours, some of the sites. Has it been tough packing? I'm going to do a carry-on, so yes. See, (laughs) I don't want to do a carry-on either, but I'm thinking maybe so. Yeah, we have three connecting flights, and so... We've okay. been carry-ons a month. We're, we're Omaha, Atlanta, Dublin, but we were sp- originally, we were, this was going to be crazy. I mentioned locked up, locked up abroad. It was going to be, it was going to be Omaha to Philly, Philly to Toronto, Toronto to Amsterdam, Amsterdam to Dublin. We thankfully got that flipped because they changed our layover time in, that would have been like a 20 hour layover in, in Amsterdam. And I, I'm an upstanding citizen, but some of the people I'm traveling with are not. <laughs> so, just so we flipped it around. But you guys are hitting some connectors. Yeah, we go Lincoln, Denver, Denver, Chicago, Chicago to Dublin. Okay, but at least you're getting Chicago. To, yeah, th- that'll be a little bit uh, less painless. Well, how are we feeling? How are we feeling, Brian? About uh, about kickoff here Saturday. Yeah, I'm excited for the game. I'm excited to see what the uh, new offense or you know, mm-hmm. improved offense looks like, hopefully. Uh, Casey Thompson. Sure. Going to be the starting hey, Casey's new thumb, baby. I yeah, mean, it'll yeah. be okay. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm, I'm optimistic. You know, it's it's uh, Kool-Aid season yet. You know, it's uh, time to be uh, <laughs> excited for Husker football. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's one of my favorite times of year. So, I think... I think we got it covered. Uh, okay. It's not going to be a blowout like, like last year. Last year I, was fun if you're a Nebraska fan. I mean, you you know, take out all that... Anger and aggression after all those I close losses. I took my uh, daughter to that game last year, and that was probably one of the best times I've ever had a football game. Oh, uh, yeah. With the 
scoring explosion we hadn't seen in years. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, red lights, the flames uh, at end of third quarter with a little ACDC plan. Uh, yeah, we both had a great time. So that was a lot of fun. That's so good. Aaron, how are we feeling? 31-10. No, so Aaron says the win, the cover, and uh, the under. <laughs> yeah. And decisive. Yeah. Decisive. I've given she, that she, and, and it's probably, what, 31-3 going into the fourth? It's Well, it's going to be a little closer. I think we'll score late so to make be, it a little bit. It'll be, yeah. a, it'll be a bit of a throwback. Nebraska take over the fourth quarter. Yep. Defense is going to... I think our defense is going to be pretty solid. Defense is going to be fun. Yeah. Right? It'll be a lot of fun with Garrett Nelson. It'll be a lot of fun with Reimer, Henrich. Secondary, I think, is young but good, uh, aside from um, uh, Newsom. But, no, they'll, they'll be all right. Just covering it like we do, they, uh, they, they think they feel pretty good. They're not overly confident by any means, but I think they've worked pretty hard. And you just never know with new faces, coaching-wise, new faces, uh, player-wise in the portal, but you got a lot of talent. That's the other thing is you've got a lot. Of, you're going to out-talent them theoretically. It's time to to, to win on the field. Kurt, are you going to make a prediction? Sure, I'll jump in. I think it starts out ugly, like ugly. We get out slow, and we figure it out later. Sure. And then we pull away. I think it's something like where Aaron's saying, but I think early it's not going to look good. Well, that's well. bomb <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we'll go, we're still going to go 30-13. Okay. okay. Still a win, it's still late. a cover, and it's still late. the under. It's a big fourth quarter. Yeah, big fourth quarter. I got twenty four ten. Twenty four ten. Pretty low, low scoring, scoring like for tight. But so. you'll you'll take it. And uh, you said 14, 13 and a half. You take yeah. the the cover. There it is. Yep. Aaron, uh, Brian, and Kurt. It it was awesome to spend time with you. Thanks for making time and coming in. And thanks for your support with Union Bank. Yeah, thanks for having us. Guys, appreciate it. Thank you. Quick time out. We'll get you to Sports Center. Hale Varsity continues. Hour two on the way. Searles up next. Hey, it's Schmitty. Want to tell you about a fantastic opportunity to work for a rapidly growing company that also enjoys the benefits earned with having competitive, stable history of work over 20 years? FSC. The FSC Edge, it's a leading technology innovator serving governmental agencies. Expert services helping worldwide patent offices meet strict processing and publishing timelines while delivering exceptional quality. They support some of the world's largest patent offices throughout the U.S. and Europe. That includes the European Patent Office. Office, the German Patent and Trademark Office, and the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. The only group of companies worldwide to provide such support to all three of these agencies. Working at FSC, you have a chance to work with fun people with great attitudes and learn about patents. You're not on the phone, you're not customer-facing, it's casual dress, and the work environment, it's a new environment with over $2 million in improvements. You have access to generous benefits packages, company support for health and wellness, and you do impactful work on a national scale. Make a difference. Their team's constantly growing, and they're always looking for new people to join their mission. Check out what's available today at jobs at fsc.com. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmidt underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmidt. Back with you, Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Welcome in our favorite uh, NFLer, uh, longtime NFLer, and uh, good lineman, uh, great lineman for Nebraska, 
He is. Searles, are you hurrying through the state of Iowa? I can't get out of it fast enough, Smitty. <laughs> At Searles71 underscore HSKR. So you've done a little road trip today. What part of Iowa are you in? Are you by Iowa City or are you west of there? No, I'm a little bit west of Des Moines here. I was up in Minneapolis for the uh, 49ers-Vikings joint practices the last two days. I have a client on the Niners, and then I was able to kind of get in there for the former players from the Vikings piece and get on the field and rekindle some of those relationships. So it was really fun last couple days. That's outstanding. Searles, really fast, I just need to get your take here. I've been seeing a lot of reports out of camp on Brandon Ayuk, say he's had a good fall camp. Can you give me any, any insight? Is that a guy I need to target in my fantasy league this uh, this fall? You know, I mean, I would say yes. However, I'm not sold on Trey Lance, so that's my only hesitation on that one. I think he's plenty good, but I'm not sure the trigger man's going to be the best man after what I've seen the last two days. That's big. That's big insight from Searles. Did you play catch with Jimmy G or no? He wasn't on the trip. So he's just been working back in San Fran, huh? Yep, he did not make the trip out to the Twin Cities from what I saw. Searles, what what type of quarterback did you want behind you? I mean, did it matter that you, you played with T-Magic, you played with Tommy, and you played with, with Kirk? Style of offense is important, yes, but how, how important was it to know what, what kind of quarterback you had back there for for your purposes of protecting the guy yeah you know i think a lot of it is based off of what you want out of your quarterback you know in college with the system that we ran you uh, taylor martinez was perfect right a guy that was absolutely electric with his feet with the ball in his hand but you didn't have to ask him to throw the ball 30 times a game or else things were not going to go so great you know that's (laughs) what you had but when you when you get into the nfl you know the number one thing i look for with quarterbacks is guys that can deliver the ball on time you know, the routes and just understanding that, like, if the first read isn't there, immediately getting down to your check down to your second read so that you're not standing back there like a statue and you've got the werewolves coming off the edges, right? You know, that was the thing that I always looked for and still do look for in quarterbacks that are young, and that's why I think guys like Mac Jones are having such success because he's a timing quarterback versus a guy like Justin Fields who was used to kind of sitting back there and having all the time to protect in the world because he had all these great – linemen in front of him that are playing in the NFL now. He never had to really have that clock in his head, you know. So I really like the quarterbacks that can get on time, passing rhythm, really have that quick passing game down and not sit back there and take sacks. Now, Searles, obviously uh, Nebraska's offensive line with their pass protection wasn't the greatest last season, but when I go back and watch, sometimes I look and go, Man, Adrian Martinez's pocket presence isn't the best, and it almost feels like he trusts his legs too much at times. Do you get the same feel that uh, that I get, that maybe a quarterback with some better pocket presence and is able to deliver the ball on time, like you were saying, can alleviate some of those issues we saw with the offensive line and their pass protection? Yeah, you know, I think Adrian has a little bit of PTSD from the years of him getting destroyed back there. So, you know, I really don't blame him for if all of a sudden the first year wasn't there. I mean, a lot of times then, I mean, Anyone will tell you the, the first read was, oh, okay, where's the rush coming from? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so that, that's hard to be a rhythm quarterback when your eyes are looking at the D-line and not down the field. And that's just part of what was the issue with last year and some of the times. And So, yeah, you, you want a quarterback that has good pocket presence, but you got to make sure he doesn't get rattled early. You know, that's one thing. Adrian got hit early and he got hit often in the beginning of games, and that rattles a quarterback at any level. Uh, you want to make sure you keep those quarterbacks clean. So if you can have a quarterback that you can keep clean and allow him to get into that rhythm, you know, that's what I really think can alleviate some of those woes. But 
if you got a quarterback back there that's just trying to not get hit through and all the time, it really doesn't matter. Jeremiah Searles joining us, Hale Varsity Radio. Searles uh, roadieing back from uh, Vikings camp at Searles71 underscore HSKR. Searles, how do you feel about Whipple and his ability to get whoever's the quarterback, Casey or, or others, uh, in rhythm based on what you've seen or know about this offense? Can, can Nebraska be uh, a, a rhythm offense early in the game, even against Northwestern? Or is this a, a work-in-progress situation with, uh, with the new offense and the pieces they have to work with? Yeah, you know, I'll be really curious to see kind of what they script out for the first 25 plays. You know, everyone has a 25-play script that they like to start the game with. So I'll be really curious to see if they want to say, hey, let's get the run game established or let's try and get Casey or whoever's starting a quarterback into a rhythm early. If I had to guess, I'd assume they're going to try and get Casey into a rhythm early just because they want to get him into a rhythm for the season, right? And then they want to try and maybe get a lead and then try and control the game with the run and really establish the run game there once maybe they can get a lead. So, you know, I would assume that they're going to want, with Whipple's offense, is going to want to get his QB1 dish in the ball early, whether it's slant routes to Palmer or uh, post routes, check downs to Travis Bokalek and a couple deep shots or whatever it may be, and then maybe lean back on the run a little bit as the secondary here, which I'm not, as the inner alignment is screaming at me, run the damn ball. That's just kind of what I would assume is going to happen against Northwestern. Yeah, Searles, uh, in a similar vein as that last question, let's go to the offensive line and just how much thing is going to be pre-planned for them in terms of, I mean, the guys are going to be on the field. Well, I think we all assume that they have uh, five guys uh, that they're ready to roll with for Northwestern, but Coach Rello said today that nothing's set in stone, including Turner Corcoran playing at left guard and who those five are going to be. So do you think we'll see any sort of rotation in that first quarter, in that first half, seeing a couple different offensive linemen uh, in there or or playing different positions along that offensive line? Do you think any of that's going to happen against Northwestern? Yeah, you know, I I think so. And, I mean, even if you look back at last year against Illinois, you had some guys rotating in there. And so, you know, Turner's been banged up a little in camp. He's missed some time. So, you know, he's not necessarily maybe ready to go play four quarters right away. Um, But also you want to get some guys rotated in there if the competition wasn't clearly won during training camp. You know, if training camp, if you're walking out of training camp and you're like, man, I'm still not 100% sold in my starting left guard or right guard or whatever position it may be, Sometimes the make or break factor is how do they play in that first game, right? Hey, you're going to get two series, two series, we're going to rotate, and then basically whoever plays best and grades out best at the end of the game is going to be our starter moving forward. So there absolutely could be a little bit of that rotational going on the line, still trying to figure out who the best five or what the best five combination looks like going forward. Searles, if you had to predict, what do you think this offensive line is going to be asked to be best at against Northwestern? Then fast forward to midpoint of the year. What do they need to grow into being? And then by the end of the year, what constitutes a good O-line? Yeah, you know, I think the, the beginning part of the year is going to be a lot of eliminate the negative, the negative plays. And what I mean by that is eliminate the sacks and eliminate the negative runs. So if you can even go out there and, and you say no sacks, like pressures, hurries, that's going to happen, but like no sacks, and no minus runs, no, now it's second and 11, or now it's second and 12, or we have a second and five, and all of a sudden we try and run the ball, and now it's third and eight. You know, those things can't happen. And that's what really kind of at the beginning of the year you want to see 
those negative things not being a thing versus you turn it into the midpoint of the season, it needs to be now like, hey, no sacks, no hits, no hurries. And it also needs to be like, hey, now it's got to be efficient runs. And an efficient run for me is a four-plus yard run. So if it's first and ten, it needs to be second and six. Right, that's an efficient run, and now we're not talking about negative stuff not happening. We're making sure that it's not positive and efficient things happening towards the midpoint of the year. By the end of the year, it needs to be that all of that's just the norm, and that's now the standard moving forward. Searles, a, a negative in there that I'm partly expecting to see against Northwestern, hoping not, but uh, the, the penalties, particularly false starts, those always seem to rear their ugly heads uh, during the first game of a season, and maybe it's because it, it's tough to prepare for that crowd noise of the first game, or uh, just you're focused on other things during fall camp, making sure the offensive line is ready, but uh, as an offensive lineman, what's the key to eliminating false starts in a first game whenever you know, you're know you amped up, you're, you're wanting to get the season going, you're looking forward to hitting somebody not wearing the same color as you? How do you eliminate those from your game? You know, it's all about focus. The, the, the snap count, the pre-snap penalties, all that stuff is just nearly nothing more than a lack of focus. So you have to be locked in every single play. You can't let the details slip, you know. And those are things that have haunted us for the past in all of Scott Frost's career as a coach here, you know, the little detail things are things that cost us games, whether it's a jump a false start or a personal foul or whatever, you know. So I think that it's just really a lack of focus. I promise you, if we jump off sides in the first series of the game, I will fly to Ireland and break my foot off of whoever's ass it was. <laughs> well, so give me your, your reason why – why have the details been so flighty? I know kids don't want to commit penalties. I know coaches coach fundamentals. I know there's communication. So is it just too much want to, or is it just guys that are scared to screw up? You know, it's, it's the thing. You never want to lose focus. Right. right. It's never something as a player where you're like, oh, yeah, I wasn't focused, you know, but Sometimes it's, you can start focusing on the wrong things. So it's like, oh, man, what was the play? Where am I going? Who's the mic? What's that? And that comes from a lack of preparation in my mind. You know, if you're not if you're not so keyed on what the X's and O's are and what's going on, then sometimes the first thing they'll go is the snap count, mm-hmm. right? Because that's the last thing on your mind because you're worried about not screwing up a play or you're so amped up on a technique that you're about to try and use because you're all that you lose focus. And so a lot of it just becomes – what you're focusing on and when and what your preparation level was going into that. So if you're so well prepared that you know exactly what you're going to see because you've watched tape, you know what's happening, you've prepared during the week for practice, then you're focusing on the little things like, okay, make sure the snap counts this. Boom, I'm locked in on that. That's the next thing. And then everything else is reaction after that. And I think that sometimes with the snap count specifically, that's what goes on. The other times emotions run high. Football's an emotional game. But it's about being able to reel your emotions in and channel your emotions in the right way so that's between the whistles, between the white lines, you're not hurting your team because that's when it really just spirals out of control for guys. I think back to Caleb Tanner against, uh, what was it, Northern Illinois or Illinois last year when he got the personal foul on the interception, right? Like those things just can't happen based off of an emotional field. Jeremiah Searles with us, Hale Varsity Radio at Searles, 71 underscore HSKR. Searles, we're winding down. I fly out Wednesday. I may try and <clears throat> give you a shout or a, a prediction, get a prediction from you here uh, at the at the end of, of next week or at some point. I'll, I'll try and connect with you. But I want to ask you about what you are 
you are going to cut from the Irish breakfast. We got into it last segment. An Irish breakfast has bacon, sausages, baked beans, eggs, mushrooms, grilled tomatoes, some leftover potatoes. Uh, you have uh, that the, the leftover potatoes are made into hash. And I've seen you eat hash before, so I know you like that. Uh, you have toast, and then you have uh, blood pudding. So what are you punting? Oh, the, the, the beans, for sure. <laughs> beans, are not a, beans are not a breakfast food. You can never convince me of that. Like I'm just, the, the beans and the, and the blood pudding are freaking out. you got to choose between Guinness and Jameson. Jameson. You're punting Jameson? Or you're going with get with? Oh no, I'm I'm taking with Jameson. Jameson all the live long day. I ain't cutting out whiskey. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, just in the same vein, you got to watch one of the two. They're both on TV, and you're required to watch one: rugby or soccer. Men's or women's? Men's. I'd rather watch women's soccer than men's soccer, and then I'd rather watch rugby. That is a great answer, Searles. You do remember my, my wife. No, I know. Is she right? riding is she riding with you? <laughs> she is not riding with me, but you never know when they're listening, Smitty. <laughs> no, I know. I, know. I no dude, Elijah's face is like, huh? What? <laughs> women's soccer's like, of course he's going women's soccer. <laughs> totally. Absolutely. Happy wife, happy life. For sure. What are you putting on the smoker next Saturday? Have you gotten that far? I mean, you're not going. It sucks. I wish you were going, but you're not. I'm actually. I'm actually. I'm going to be playing in the member member at Firethorn. So I'll have the game. I'll have the game pulled up on my phone, watching it there. But I'm going to be trying to play a little game of uh, whack that little white ball and not yell at myself. All right. See, that's actually honestly a really really good time to go out and golf because the courses are going to be empty on Husker Game Day. The oh, best. Yeah, I mean. No, it, it, it's. I'll just rewatch really. it. Yeah. Yo. Yeah. You're good. Yeah, I just said I'll rewatch it. You know, I'll rewatch it once I get the all twenty-two. Um, I'll watch it on my phone, obviously, but I'm really hoping that it's not much of a game. And but you know, you just never know with those freaking purple people from Chicago. Yeah, what is it about that? We'll uh, we'll dive into it more, but they just find a way, man. It's always it's always um, stressor for sure. Always. Jeremiah Searles with us. Safe travels, Jay. Thanks for checking in with us. Best to you in the famine. We'll touch base again, bud. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys. Go Big Red. There he is, Jeremiah Searles with us. Standout Husker, longtime NFLer, our favorite Viking and Charger and Panther. And where else am I missing? Bill. Bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, follow, find him on Twitter at Searles71 underscore HSKR. The payday that's just phenomenal. For the Big Ten, uh, a billion and change is inked. The Big Ten will own Saturday with CBS, NBC, Fox, and FS1. That's incredible. So what does that mean for coaches and ADs? Gary Barnett, Colorado and Northwestern Hall of Famer, will join us. We'll get an appetizer of a preview, too, with maybe what are some of the things Northwestern can do. Some thoughts on Nebraska Coach Barnett's next. The Thursday, it's Hale Varsity. We're, pre- we're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. 
and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back into it. It's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hall of Fame coach Gary Barnett with this Northwestern, Colorado, Missouri Coach, you got any pull? I've tried to get a tee time. This is the last hurrah uh, for 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 Saturday golf potentially. I got a short window between the end of baseball season and football, and uh, everything's booked. Do you have a bat line you can reach out to? No, <laughs> not for me. Not, not there. Not you for know, me. If not you were there. Somewhere else. If you're in Arizona, maybe, or in Colorado, maybe. But I can't help you in Lincoln. Actually, my buddy's not even in town that might be able to help you. So, no, the answer is no. All right, moving on. Um, Big Ten payday, $7 billion. How does that sound? Uh, and, you know, 20 years ago, I would have never believed that this was possible. Uh, but, you know, it's not 20 years ago. And uh, <laughs> apparently, people like college football. <laughs> People love and, it. <laughs> uh, you know, the TV people are, are tapping into that. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it must be just absolutely even bigger than you and I think, Chris, because that kind of money, uh, which is probably going to come out to over $100 million per year per school in the conference, and, uh, you know, that's, that just gives you all sorts of freedoms and lets you grow your product. So, um you know, if anybody thought it was going to go away, it's not. So it's uh, right now, this very day, it's worth a lot of money, and there's a lot of people interested in it, and that's that's how you end up with uh, a seven billion dollar. I don't know how many zeros is that? Seven that's, billion. That's a lot. I yeah. Uh, I I'm, so, I'm a broadcast but, major, not a math guy, my friend. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but listen, I I'm interested though with the you know, what do you do now? Right. And do you, you reinvest? Do you, you, you can spend. So if, if someone's calling you up, Hey coach, we just got a hundred million a year for the next X number of years. And we've got great platforms. It's not just Fox. I mean, it's also going to be BTN, which has continued to grow. And then you have NBC, and CBS. I mean, you've got a, a great trifecta there for your brand. And there's the other part is there's no ESPN, there's no ABC. That's going to be weird. Growing up watching you guys play on Black Friday, man. I mean, it was it was ABC. It was Musburger. It was incredible. And it it it's it's been Fox for a few years now, so it's not super different. But um, I don't know. Uh, how would you how would you spend it? How would you save it? Tell me what you do if you're uh, if you're an AD. Well, uh, I think there's there's uh, one item is you're not going to be on game day. You know that. 
yeah. uh, that the conference is not going to be on the ESPN game day. So they'll they'll come up with their own version of that. But two, you know, I think you've got to uh, somehow make sure that you have access to your this share of the money because you're never going to get this kind of money anywhere else. So that means you're, and it's the conference that gets the money, and then they split the conference, splits that money between the teams. You have to ensure that you're going to be one of those teams. And uh, I think um, just from experience of being at Northwestern and understanding when I went there in 92, that even as I was interviewing for that job, there was a movement out there to take Northwestern out of the Big Ten and move them into either the Ivy League or, or, or another league. And that was because it wasn't bringing any value to the conference. Uh, and even though it was an original conference member and even though, um, you know, the Big Ten always sticks together and all that sort of stuff, there was just a couple of votes um, Away, there was a time in which there was a couple votes away from them not being part of the Big Ten. So I say that in that you you better you're going to use that money. You better find a way to stay in that conference in football mm-hmm. because when a hundred million goes away, <laughs> that's a big drop off, and uh, because you're probably going from a hundred million to fifteen million or twenty million. I mean that's that's a that's a big drop off, and it, you know your cost factors and uh, salaries and those sort of things are going to change if you can't stay in the conference. So reinvestment, uh, I don't know, but whatever you have to do to stay in that conference, which this is a TV football deal, mm-hmm. so that means you've got to make sure that your football program is involved and part of this this uh, this big deal. So I think it puts a lot more pressure on coaches. I think it puts a lot more pressure on ADs to to find some sort of winning combination so that you can continue to bring value to this conference. Because if, if you think you're in and you've got it locked, you don't, and not, not with that kind of money out there. People aren't going to pay that kind of money to watch uh, less than stellar play and uh, to have less than stellar programs. So, I mean, I think that's got to be that's got to be thought through, and I think that's a huge factor going down the road. Gary Barnett with us, Hale Varsity Radio. We'll get to Nebraska-Northwestern in a second. Does, does not being on game day or being a part of ESPN, does that hurt short-term, or is it a bigger, bigger long-term problem? Well, I don't know. The unintended consequences of that are, can you create uh, a game day atmosphere, game day type of program? Um, They've got on, big noon kickoff. I mean, Fox has got they're, – they're trying right now. With well, I understand about the kickoff, but it's, it's that two- or three-hour game day experience that's become part of the game. Yeah. And it's become part of everybody's ritual on Saturdays. Now, I do believe it's – starting to wane a little bit. It's mm-hmm. like everything else. There's a start and a beginning. Uh, I mean, a, a beginning and an ending. And, and you know, my guess is their viewership has probably diminished a little bit, but I don't know that. Mm-hmm. That's just a pure guess. I know my own experience is I don't watch as much game day as I used to. 
So I don't know that my experience is what everybody else has, but uh, I think that Fox is going to have to come up with, and they do have a really good show, because I know Joel's on it, Mm -hmm. and he does a really good job of breaking down some stuff, but will they have the same appeal as game day? I don't know, but game day's gotten old, and I know as much as they've tried to perk it up, it's still gotten a little stale. So I would say that's, that's, and the reason that's so important is because that's what parents watch, that's what recruits watch, that's what recruits' friends watch. All that stuff, all the things that are said on game day influence the recruiting cycle. Mm. And you just simply have to go through and take your school, whatever school it is, and see how many times it's mentioned on game day on Saturday. And it's, it's subliminal, but when, uh, you know, we used, to, we used to have somebody track and see if they, how many times they mentioned Colorado on a game day, as opposed to Georgia or Alabama or uh, it used to be Florida State got a lot of it, Notre Dame. But that, you know, that's money. That's, that's recruiting. Uh, that influences people. So um, can they get the same kind of audience on a similar show? I don't know. But um, uh, whether not being on game day or not really matters that much, um, I, I think that's one of the things you never know. Mm. But it's, it, I know we always felt it had an influence. Gary Barnett with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, we'll, we'll talk a little more next week as we get closer to kickoff. But as we look now, uh, what, what do you think of this Northwestern team? What do you think of Skaronsky? He's a left tackle. Ada Bore, the, uh, the defensive tackle. And then, of course, Halinski and Hole. And overall, how are you feeling with this Northwestern squad as they try and bounce back this season? You know, Chris, I haven't done a great deal of research on it. Uh, I know Fitz is one of the best at bouncing back. Uh, I mean, they go from being in the Big Ten Championship to having a poor year to coming back and playing in the Big Ten Championship. And so I think they're at their most dangerous situation when they're coming back from a bad season. Mm -hmm. I know Fitz really liked his recruiting class. And uh, he got kids that he just – couldn't believe he could get after having the kind of record he, he had. So, um, you know, he's good at at putting teams back together and uh, creating a cause there. So there, there's always – there has been now a rivalry between Northwestern and Nebraska since, since Nebraska came into the Big Ten. They've always had these unbelievably exciting games, which uh, can go either way, and it's usually the last play of the game. So – I know those players are playing that up to a hilt. Coaches are playing that up. And the fact that you're probably the only game on that day really, um, you know, adds to the drama and adds to the excitement of it and adds to probably the importance of it. You think there's some ghosts, some some, uh, some mixed feelings on the Nebraska side? I mean, Scott's trying to – to get off on the right foot, and that's not been the case, Coach Barnett, uh, in a lot of early season games, early season moments. No, I know, and it's, um, I mean, you probably can't overestimate what how important this game in for is mm-hmm. for Scott and Nebraska. And, um, you know, if, if they lose, we'll go on and say, well, it's just the first game, and we'll be okay, we'll do this, do that. 
but it really is an important thing. It's important because it that the opening game always affects the outlook for your fans for the rest of the season, for the next week. And all that matters. All of that adds up. And when you have a bad game like that, it's so hard to overcome that public mentality. Uh, and that public mentality gets played out on the air on the various TV shows and uh, sports centers and that kind of stuff. So, you know, that noise becomes real if it happens. Gary Barnett with us, Sale Varsity Radio. Coach, we'll let you be. I want you to hit them far and straight this weekend. You, you got any smoking going on, any rib work? No, no, I'm not going to do any outside cooking this week. So I'm just going to try to find a way to hit a fairway. So anyway, <laughs> I got, I got, an, there. I got annihilated in Omaha last weekend. Man, I just – front nine was fine, the back nine. I mean, you're, you're on a par five to start off and – you're laying four, and there's still 400 yards to go. It's time to retire. <laughs> That's not a good start, Chris. <laughs> no, it's not, man. Coach, we'll talk soon. Thanks again. You got it. Talk to you later. Yeah, he was going to give me a little pep talk about being 450 out on a par five, laying four. That was pure hell. Uh, Daddy Burke's on the way. He's in his 30s. But sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, pre-teen Swedish boy. Back into it, it's Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Burke's Best Bets. Danny Burke with us and the Pride of Chicago VEASAN Sports Network, his show Rush Hour and the Danny Burke podcast at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter is where you find him. Danny Burke, it is preseason football, plenty of NFL, my friend, some college football on the horizon and a little bit of Major League Baseball. How's your week? It's going good, man. I mean, you know, uh, you and I both gearing up to head across the pond this upcoming week. I'll be there a little bit earlier than you uh you know we're making the trip we're going london amsterdam and then ireland so if we end up making it there i I think that'll be a bigger miracle than if nebraska can win and cover over under you are just harassed at customs i'm just asking i'm just laying it out there for the people (laughs) oh man uh the number i I don't think you can put a number high enough but it's got to be somewhere in the double digits for sure i'd love to get a a betting preview with danny next week after a day at the shops in amsterdam and just (laughs) (laughs) How poorly that goes. What's this guy? Yeah, the, I, uh, I may have Bar- seen the light and have a different handicap on the game by that point. <laughs> this man's on drugs. What is going on? Uh, pretty good. Well, let's let's talk Bears, and they're in action tonight preseason. Tell me what you, you like, what are you seeing, and is it valuable? Yeah, you know, this game is it's been a funky one for sure. And I was looking at this spot on Monday, and I was talking about this on my podcast because the opening numbers had Seattle at about minus three in the hook. And I'm thinking, all right, that makes sense. I'm, I'm kind of wanting to jump in on it sooner rather than later, but I also wanted to see a money line price that would be worth the price of admission to betting it on the side of Seattle. And um, I didn't really see one. And by the time I looked again, the line had already moved to like four, four and a half. And then we saw it get as high as five and a half. But then when I was talking about it on my other show, Rush Hour, there was one lone book in Illinois that still had minus four in the hook. And I'm kind of beating myself up because I'm like, man, 
Do I really want to get involved? I could have got it at three and a half earlier. And I'm like, you know what? So be it. Preseason hopefully shouldn't matter that much uh, based on the number. I mean, and especially because there were four in the hooks and then the five in the hooks out there, the chance to get beat by a five, you know, knock on wood, is going to be slim to none. So I ended up laying the four and the half with the Seattle Seahawks. And the reason that I did that is because you look at the Seattle team, I mean, you had two quarterbacks. Again, this is at the beginning of the week. You had two quarterbacks, Drew Locke and Geno Smith, competing for their starting jobs. Eason presumably wasn't going to play because he didn't play a snap in the first game. So this game means more to Seattle. They need to figure out who their starting quarterback is going to be. Conversely, for the Bears, yeah, you'll get a handful of reps from Justin Fields, but otherwise it's going to be Trevor Simeon and um, Nathan Peterman taking it the rest of the way. With no knock on those guys, I mean, I bet the Bears last week on the money line and it came home, so I was content, but I just don't think that they're going to be of the competitiveness of guys competing for the number one job, right? It's a completely different beast. And it's this Bears team coming on a short week, which in any NFL game, is going to be tough, but especially preseason, where your game plan probably isn't as fulfilled. So, again, I laid four in the hook. News comes out, Drew Locke has COVID. Then this line moves down from as high as five and a half to three and a half. So, you're seeing it at three, three and a half in some shops right now. You know what? I still back Seattle as at this point. I mean, I'm sitting steady on my four and a half spread, but if you haven't got invested yet, I still think Seattle is the right side because of the reasons I listed. It's a short week for the Bears. Geno Smith is still competing for that top job. I mean, this is his career on the line. It seems weird to say that for a preseason game, but truthfully it is. And, look, Easton's not terrible. So I think the Seahawks are a team that still has a lot to figure out. Not that the Bears aren't, but, you know, the short week and just knowing who their quarterback is probably isn't going to benefit them as much as it is the Seahawks tonight. So if you can get the three out there, I'd probably look to lay it with the Seahawks this evening. Danny Burke is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, Burke's Best Bets. And, Danny, I was sitting here thinking about asking you whether or not it's smart to put down an NFL futures bet on the Bears to have the worst record in the NFL this year. But I don't want to offend you, so we're going to we're gonna gloss over that one. I want to talk about just preseason NFL betting as a whole. Is there money to be had there, or is it the number one sign that you have a betting problem? First of, first of all, thank you for not bringing it up. Second of all, um, you know, it, it's funny, and I, and I still kind of preface it when I talk about preseason, uh, preseason because I know people have that mindset about it that it's like, what are you doing? You know, you're addicted. You know, it's crazy. They kind of scoff at it. But, well, it just feels look, so unpredictable. Right. It, it is to a certain extent, for sure. But, you know, there's people out there, pro bettors, who make their cake off of preseason betting. And the reason is because – you almost get a better idea of what to expect out of these teams because the coaches are literally telling you how many reps and snaps and series these quarterbacks are going to get. You get trends in history that benefits you, like with Harbaugh, with Baltimore. I mean, I think the dude is now like 22-0 and in the first game of preseason, the last 22 uh, consecutive opening preseason games. It's things like that that you can still take advantage of because still a lot of people don't partake in it because they think it's ridiculous. But now that it's getting more and more recognized and people just want football action as soon as possible, they're seeing that there is a path to success. I'll give you the example last week. I mean, I told you I backed the Bears on the money line. They end up coming through and winning. It wasn't pretty, but, hey, we cashed our ticket. And the reason that I liked it is because you got a team in the Bears who had a young roster needing to fill spots. A lot of guys have that competitive fire because there's a lot of open opportunities in this young core. Eberflus, brand-new coach, wanting to make a good impersonation in his first game coaching, especially at Soldier Field. 
uh, the backup quarterback depth chart, a little bit more competitive for the Bears than it is for the Chiefs. So that's one example. The other, I did the Seahawks and Steelers game over the total. This thing soared over. And the reason that I did it is because he had five quarterbacks who really needed to prove their worth. I mean, he had Mitch Trubisky who needs to prove he's a number one guy. Mason Rudolph needs to prove that he can be a number one guy. And Kenny Pickett had a lot to prove in the sense that he was their quarterback that they drafted. On the side of Seattle, we already talked about it. He had Drew Locke and Geno Smith vying for that number one spot. So you would assume there would be a lot of offensive production. So really, you kind of got to scout out those opportunities. Tie that in with where you're seeing these line moves, and you can get an idea of where the sharp action is going and which situation pertains nicely to a specific team or bet, and that's how you can win off a preseason. Danny Burke with us, Burke's Best Bets, Vizan Sports Network. Danny, about a minute or so. Over, under right now, 50-and-a-half, Nebraska Northwestern. Are you feeling a 47-to-3 number? <laughs> uh, not so sure about that, but I know you guys and I have talked about this several times now. You never feel comfortable laying the 13-point spread with Nebraska. I mean, I think Northwestern could be, like, really, really bad, but anything can happen in week zero, and especially when it's the Huskers going against Pat Fitzgerald. But if I weren't going to the game because I don't want to sweat out an under, I think I would objectively bet the under in this spot because, I mean, Nebraska's defense should be able to contain Northwestern's offense, which, again, just could be dreadful. And conversely, yeah, Nebraska's offense should be better, but they could be slow out of the gates, and you know that Fitzgerald typically has a tough defense. So if there's one bet I'd maybe consider right now, before I start getting some liquor in me at the game, I think it would be bet the under. There he is, Daddy Burke, Vizen Sports Network, Burke's Best Bets, at Daddy Burke 5 on Twitter's where you find him. Pride of Chicago, thanks for the time. You bet, guys. You're the best. Take care. Gotta love him, Danny Burke, all over it. Some thoughts for your NFL preseason. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We'll wind down a Thursday on the road tomorrow at the Hale Varsity Club in La Vista, 4-6. to six. You don't want to miss that. The return of someone special up next. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time on a Thursday. Don't forget, on the road back in Omaha tomorrow. Hale Varsity Club, where we're going to be four to six in La Vista next to Cabela's and Embassy Suites. Now, you know we're in Lincoln. Deb the Spa Lady, 20th and Highway 2, Home Innovation Spas, an incredible location up in Omaha. We are excited. Football season's here, and Deb the Spa Lady is going to soak away all that stress for you with a spa. She'll help you pick out. Deb, how are you? I've missed you. I know it. I'm back. I am back and raring to go. I'm great, and I actually have inventory. So it's exciting to be able to talk about that and to know that you come in, we can get you a spa in a matter of days, not months. You know what? Days, that turnaround time, that uh, two-person spa for you and Mama or the, uh, the neighborhood party, or how about the swim spa, Deb? You've got a selection that can't be beat. We really do, and we are getting ready for the Nebraska State Fair, and so we have already started our State Fair pricing. So if you come in now, you're going to get those State Fair deals. 
And in fact, you could come in, get your spa, we'll get it delivered in time for you to go to the state fair, and when you get home and your feet are killing you, you can hop in your hot tub. I think that's a great, great plan. Well, and how about that de-stressor? Say the ball game's a little tight. There, and, and yeah, <laughs> and ball games, for sure. We're going to need those coming up real soon, too. Absolutely. Deb the Spa Lady, Home Innovation Spas, spasonline.com, 20th and Highway 2 in Lincoln. Deb, tell folks again, our, our audience in Omaha, they want to meet you, they want to see you, they want to stop by Home Innovation Spas that they haven't yet. Okay, we're in Omaha at 138th and Industrial. We're in Lincoln at 20th and Highway 2. And you can go to our website, that's spasonline.com. You know, I need to know how you think Nebraska is going to do real quick and how are your Chiefs going to do? Oh, I think I'm excited for Nebraska. I really am. I think it's going to be a fun year. I think we're going to win some of those games that are close. We're going to win them this year. So that's, that's going to be exciting. And, of course, the Chiefs, oh, my gosh, I can't wait for that. Is I just, it's it's going to be great. Is this the year the Broncos, my Broncos, finally snapped their seven-year <laughs> losing streak to the Chiefs? I don't think so, no. but I know you're going to give us a run for our money. <laughs> that, that was Deb's sweet voice saying, hell no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's just like, no, not going to happen, Elijah. No way, shape, or form. Be nice. Yeah, you're gonna be you're gonna be pleasant, you know. Uh, yeah. Elijah, she'll pick out a spa for you. It can be orange, it can be blue, whatever. I mean, but um, you know what? It, it's still gonna be a Chiefs household with her. Deb, it is awesome to be with you. Thanks again for for jumping on with us. I can't wait to do football season with you, and it's, you uh, it's so awesome to, to talk uh, with you. And thanks to what for for what you've done with uh, so many years of, of uh, great spas and, and of course helping folks relax. You betcha. We're gonna keep. We're gonna keep at it too. All right, there she is, Deb the Spa Lady. Deb, you take care. Okay. Bye bye. There. All right. Good to hear from Deb the Spa Lady. Home Innovation Spas. Get yourself a spa for the fall, and they have all the selection you want. All the inventory. The swim spa is great. Twentieth and Highway Two in Lincoln, one hundred and thirty eighth and Industrial Road in Omaha. Hale Varsity Club tomorrow, four to six. Come see us, and we'll talk to you at four with Hale Varsity Radio. A Huda Media Production.